Hello, welcome to a new podcast for The Lancet Neurology, which will go with our April 2019 issue. I'm Gavin Cleaver. I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Bart Distruper and Dr. Amaya Aranz, who are well known for their research in Alzheimer's disease. And today we're going to be talking about their new review in this month's Lancet Neurology, which examines the role of astroglia in Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Professor Distruper, Dr. Aranz, thank you so much for your time today. We're very happy to be here and uh, the interest in our work. So, Professor Distruper, perhaps if we could start with you. In in this rapid review, you summarise emerging evidence for role of astroglia in uh, Alzheimer's disease. Could you briefly tell us what astroglia are and why the focus is now on astroglia rather than neurons? Yes, well, it's a good question. Uh, astroglia are, are fascinating cells. They are uh, part of the supportive, they are usually classified as supportive cells, but uh, I think over the last years, it has become clear that they are also very important in the general functions of the brain. And uh, some go even so far to say that they are part of the thinking processes in the brain. Um, we can say a lot about astroglia. There are different uh, cell types. They have different functions. Um, they, have much less been stu- they have been much less studied than neurons. Um, and the reason why we in the Alzheimer's field start to, to become interested in astroglia is first, it's not entirely novel. Uh, even Alois Alzheimer already alluded at uh, alterations in the astroglia and um, in the way they, they reacted on the, the disease characteristics, amyloid plaques and the neuronal tangles. Um, but uh, over the last decades, it's fair to say that Alzheimer's disease has been mainly focused on uh, neurons and on the way amyloid plaques affect neural function. And uh, over, the, over the last years, it becomes clear that this simple idea that uh, Alzheimer's is an accumulation of amyloid, which then kills the neurons, and which then causes dementia, uh, that this is really a too simple model. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we tried to reformulate the thinking in the field uh, around a cellular phase. So, um, saying, look, uh, amyloid is only the trigger of a very complicated cellular process. And in that cellular process, the neurons are probably downstream, and uh, above them, microglia and astroglia are talking with each other and trying to control the damage. And if they don't do that in a successful way, they can be part of the damaging pathway and maybe cause Alzheimer's disease. And so that was, in essence, the, 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 the framework in which we started to become more interested in these support cells. Dr. Arans, perhaps you could uh, tell us some of the recent developments which have kind of helped consider astroglia implicated in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's. Yeah, well, as Bart mentioned, uh, we know for a very long time that astrocytes are involved in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease and even at the times of uh, Alois Alzheimer, he already described the presence of these cells around the amyloid deposits um, that are present on the on the brains of the patients with Alzheimer's disease. But about the recent developments, in addition to uh, genetic studies linking uh, many genes present in astrocytes and in microglia. Uh, with uh, risk of development and Alzheimer's disease. There are uh, uh, recent publications from the lab of Ben Barres showing that the astrocytes uh, can adopt very different reactive states depending uh, the stimuli uh, with which they are activated. They can become neurotoxic 
or protective. And uh, neurotoxic astrocytes, they are regulate many genes of the complement cascade and they secrete apparently an unknown toxin that induces the death of other cells in the brain. So what is very interesting in these studies is that they found in Alzheimer's disease, many of these astrocytes show this neurotoxic, neurotoxic phenotype, and they, are, they may be directly implicated in the neurodegeneration. Uh, there are other publications in line with this data, uh, publications from the lab of Hugh Seng, uh, that, that found that in Alzheimer's disease, in mouse models of Alzheimer's disease, amyloid beta can activate uh, some pathway in astrocytes, and then these astrocytes release the complement component 3 to the medium, and this uh, complement component 3, it's inducing negative changes on other uh, brain cells, and yeah, this contributes also to the path pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease. So there are really recent uh, data uh, making very strong uh, the idea that these astroglia cells are directly implicated in the pathogenesis of the disease. So I, I would like to add there also that, that the most important genetic factor for Alzheimer's disease, which is APOE4 uh, lipoprotein, um, is uh, expressed mainly by astrocytes in the brain and so that's, in fact, uh, uh, the major genetic uh, pointer towards those cells. So, Professor Distribut, what, what are some of the implications for, for diagnosis and therapeutic development? Yeah, I, I, th I think that Amaya has uh, already indicated a couple of pathways and, and a couple of possibilities to, to interfere with uh, astroglia role in Alzheimer's disease. Um, and there are several levels there. You can um, a lot of the astroglia response. Well, at least the data which have been published suggest that the microglia, in fact, initiate this astroglia pathological response. And so you could interfere with the uh, signals, the signals which go from the microglia to the astroglia. Um, and so we, we discussed briefly in our in our review uh, the idea that tumor necrosis factor alpha antagonism could be beneficial. This is a highly controversial uh, idea in the field. Uh, there have been already some trials, uh, but they were not done in, in, in a very, um, what do you call it, um, uh, correct way. And so there has been a lot of controversy about that. Uh, but there are also studies which show that therapy with etanercept, which is a TNF-alpha inhibitor, um, and when they are used for treating rheumatoid arthritis, that in those populations, uh, Alzheimer's disease uh, is less, uh, less frequently observed, um, which vibes with other data in the past that uh, anti-inflammatory drugs could, um, could be beneficial in Alzheimer's disease. Um, of course, this needs much further work to, to make this hard. There are also other, other things which you could antagonize. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, um, there are several uh, possibilities to modulate the complement pathway, both as a um, signal to the astrocytes, C1Q has been involved there, or you could uh, think about downstream uh, the secretion of complement 3 and, and activation of the complement 3 receptor on neurons and microglia. You could try to interfere there. Um, there are also some ideas about uh, modulating the cell states of the astroglia, and that's, that's maybe a, 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 it's something which needs a little bit more background. So uh, nowadays we start to think about cells in general, 
uh, and astrocytes here in particular as being one one cell type or one cell state, uh, we realize that these cells can um, um, can change their gene expression and their behavior depending on environmental situation, aging, toxicity, etc. And so Amaya already alluded that this um, A1 and A2 neurotoxic and uh, protective astroglia phenotypes, uh, I do not like too much the dualism, but uh, it tells us already that there are at least two different states, and uh, we think that there are more uh, which single cell biology will, will teach us. But so one of the ideas is to modulate the cell state of the cells, and so to try to move them from one type of cell state to another uh, cell state. And so you could think about uh, getting um, uh, the, the neurotoxic or the, the activated astroglia and try to calm them down or to bring them to the neuroprotective cell state. And there is, in fact, some proof of concept of this very interesting uh, result with um, the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonist uh, called, well, it's a complicated name. I will save that for the review. Um, but with this, with this drug, you can drive neurotoxic A1 phenotypes in towards a more beneficial phenotype. And so I think that's a really interesting new avenue also for, for therapies. So in conclusion, I think that, that this astrocyte biology gives us a, a whole series of new ideas. And uh, we are in very early days. Most of these uh, investigations are in preclinical models. But uh, I think that it enriches very much the discussion in the field of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, where there is a lot of, of negative press about all the failures and about all the uh, difficulties we have to bring drugs to the patients. And I think that um, thinking broader and bringing in the different uh, cells from the brain into our thinking, uh, that we will end up with, with, with a whole basket of new drug targets. And that's basically what we also wanted to uh, clarify in our review. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Aranz, perhaps you could tell us uh, about any limitations that they should bear in mind when thinking about the link between astroglia and Alzheimer's disease. Yes, well, uh, first of all, we need to keep in mind that in the brain there is not only astroglia, and there are many complex actions and interactions within the different brain cells. So not only astrocytes, but neurons, microglia, oligodendrocytes, and other cells are involved probably in the pathogenesis of the disease. So we need a better, a better understanding of these complex interactions between the different brain cells in order to get a better understanding of the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease. We also need uh, to realize and to keep in mind that the discovery, as, as Bart mentioned now, that the discovery of these different reactive states of astroglia is really on a very early state. There are probably not only two cell states, but many more. And we also need a deeper understanding on how these astrocytes evolve during the disease. So you've both mentioned uh, quite a lot about the future of this area of research, but what, in your opinion, are the most important steps now for taking this work forward? Well, I think, first of all, we need uh, much more effort in the Alzheimer's field. Uh, I did recently uh, a review of the number of publications uh, in different fields, and uh, I realized that in 2018, there have been more papers published on cancer than in the century uh, on uh, Alzheimer's disease. And so I think we need really a boost of the work in the field. And so more specifically for astrocytes, 
We know, for instance, that there are uh, activated astrocytes and uh, atrophic astrocytes in the brain of patients. We know that very well, and we know that already for a long time. But we have practically no biochemical markers for these cells, and we absolutely don't know how the genetic programs and the functions in these astrocytes have been changed. So I'm a big, uh, big uh, supporter for uh, uh, the modern cell biology, which is uh, cell biology done in tissues, and which tries to characterize cell by cell what happens. And so for me, one of the most important steps to take at this moment is to get a full uh, idea about what these different astrocytes and these different astrocyte states mean molecularly. Um, and that can be done by, by single cell sequencing. Uh, I think there are a couple of efforts going on to, to map all the different cellular Alzheimer's disease. Uh, I think that needs a big boost. Uh, but I also think that we need to expand that effort not only to the classical RNA, RNA sequencing, which is uh, performed at this moment, but also to protein and, uh, and cell biology. So we need much more electrophysiology me measurements in situ, in vivo, so that we get the real function of this astrocytes. And so that's, that's basically what I think. We need more hardcore basic biology um, in vivo in those cells. Yeah, well, I think Bart uh, make a very nice summary of what is needed, uh, mainly um, uh, more research in Alzheimer's and more research not only in neurons but in glial cells, astrocytes, microglia, and with different kind of new technologies like this single cell transcriptomics and more functional studies that are giving information on, about this. And yes, uh, we also need to focus on human cells and on human studies, because most of the of the research done so far has been uh, done using mouse models of disease. But uh, we we believe that uh, to, yeah, these cells are very different. There are many major differences between rodent and mouse astroglia and other cells, and we need to focus on the human cells. Yeah, just to illustrate, uh, the the astroglia are. The human astroglia, when you transplant them in a mouse brain, they are three times bigger. And, and so in, 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 uh, if you think in volume, it's uh, ten, a factor 10 uh, in volume bigger than the astroglia from the mouse. And then if you look to different phenotypes, the morphological phenotypes, there are at least two phenotypes which you never see in mouse, which are abundantly present in humans. So, so there's really need to focus on, on human models for, for Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, there's still a lot of work left to do, but some exciting developments in the last couple of years. So, uh, Professor Distrupa and Dr. Aranz, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thanks. Thank we you very much. Have. Our pleasure. Yes. And you can read their work online now at thelancet.com or in the April 2019 issue of The Lancet Neurology. Thank you for listening.